Welcome to episode 38 of the Inside Bite. I'm your host, Tim Schaefer. I'm actually by myself this week. A lot of scheduling issues, so I'm just going to tackle this alone for this week. Rudy will obviously be back next week. I was really looking forward to his Steam Deck thoughts because he got that and he's been messing with it a bunch. But we're going to have to push that off till next episode. But man, am I dying to hear all about that. I just, I need, I need that hands-on, you know, sort of thoughts from buddy to buddy instead of like reading a more professional review take on it i just need that raw cut and dry let's get to the points you know and being able to just ask somebody one-on-one back and forth so super stoked on that that we're going to be having next week and hey it'll give him more time to dive more into the steam deck and give a more thorough talk on it next week anyway hogwarts day to play happened I'm insanely impressed by this Hogwarts state of play. Insane. Really, really, really ambitious. And it seems like they're going to be hitting the mark here on what we can tell. You know, we don't know for sure until it comes out. We've been burned numerous times on showcases in the game not turning out well. But it's looking good on what we know, right? Looks fantastic. They're going far more in depth than I ever imagined really good at the small attention to detail of everything like of course the world looks super ambitious and you know they're focusing on hogwarts of course it's called hogwarts (laughs) what is the full title of the game again hogwarts legacy yes of course it's set what a thousand years before the movies take place so it's set in the late 1800s and the movies are set in the late 1900s Very, very, very impressed with this. I mean, graphically, it looks amazing. It looks like there's plenty to do. I'm kind of a little worried because it seems like there's kind of too many things that it wants you to do. Like, it focuses hard on, like, oh, you can go to this area in the castle and work on potions. Like, there's a 15 things you could be doing outside of going out and actually fighting things and stuff like that all these extra activities and i'm a little like curious on the pacing of okay the first hour of gameplay what exactly am i doing compared to okay hour two and three what am i doing right like am i not going to be able to play enough of actually like having some action in the game Is it going to be more focused on just talking a bunch? But I'm not even really against that. But I'm just curious on sort of its pacing as you play through the game. What exactly are you really doing? Because it seems like I'm worried like it's going to spread itself too thin because there's so much. I mean, it's hard to tell. Uh, But they did show a lot. I mean, they show like out in the open world of flying around and going to places. They show fighting in caves fighting out in the open the magic moves look really cool it uh the characters all look good the voice acting looks good everything is looking very high budget triple a achieving it really well it's like the equivalent quality of let's say spider-man ps4 but it's harry potter right uh but it's that same sort of quality to it and i'm really really impressed I did not expect it to be nearly as good. I mean, what's wild too is first time we saw this, remember that video that got like leaked? I mean, that was what, five, six years ago? It did end up being the same game. I mean, you can kind of tell when you see it here, but they've really been putting into work into this and been working on it for a long time. And I guess it's showing here because this is 
crazy ambitious. So we actually had like a normal sort of state of play, them showing whatever games, what was that last week, right? And I was not into it at all. I was very disappointed. There wasn't really much new stuff and the new stuff they showed was really just small or just bad looking or whatever. Even the game that I was excited for because I love the IP, right? Valkyrie still just was like, nah, uh, it just didn't look good presentational wise, right? But who knows? You know, it could just be early and all that. What I'm getting at though, this, I mean, it's a state of play, but it's just focus on Harry Potter, man. I mean, I, I'm with them. I would split it. I wouldn't put the two together, right? Talk about a good state of play. This is a good state of play. Went from very disappointed last week to being like, wow, this is far beyond anything I ever expected. Super excited. I'm all in. I'm all in. They said holiday release time. Didn't really give any specific on a date, but they said holiday this year. You know, we'll see. I don't know if I really believe that. Uh, I can see a delay. Don't rush it out, guys. Yeah, you need to fix a few little things. You're a little worried about some extra polish. Go ahead and add the extra polish. Go ahead and do whatever you need to do. I want this released great condition. You know what I mean? Don't want it to be tarnished at first and then over time get good. And then six months later, we're like, no, no, no. It's actually a good game now. Day one, just have it be good. Okay. Moving on, though, Triangle Strategy approaches 800,000 cells in two weeks. Uh, that's really, really good for a, what, strategy JRPG 16-bit style, you know what I mean? Pretty niche to hit almost a million cells, right? And in a month, it would hit. it's going to hit that, right? I'm very proud of the team. That's really, really good. It's doing better than Octopath did at the same time, you know? This goes into the same idea with Elden Ring, right? I mean, it's selling insane, as we know. Uh, we saw official numbers of 12 million. I think it's higher than that, like I was saying last time. But what we know for sure, right, is 12 million. What I'm more getting at is, I mean, that's a pretty hardcore game, right? Triangle Strategy, pretty hardcore game. It's really exciting that companies can now, what you would think would be niche, or too hardcore, or not mainstream enough, still hit really good sales numbers. Uh, it's the latest Pokemon. I mean, Pokemon's going to sell anyway, but they definitely went a completely different direction, and it still got them really good money. <laughs> Excited that people are really going outside of the norm, being a bit more like leaning into their strengths, being a bit more hardcore, and being rewarded for it. That fear we all have when it comes to higher ups just being like, okay, this is what's popular. This is what you need to make. People are actually being a little more adventurous and they get rewarded for doing so. So let's keep this trend going. Next up, Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, Sega Genesis collection up inside of the expansion pass. Released three new titles. Alien Soldier, Super Fantasy Zone, and Light Crusader. Again, these are some hardcore picks here. <laughs> These aren't that mainstream here. But the reason I added this new story is so I could also bring up the fact of apparently they did a lot of fixes to the N64 emulation. And this Nintendo Switch Online expansion pass is actually looking pretty good now. Uh, emulation is not crappy anymore. 
they're adding some really, really good titles. I mean, they recently added Majora's Mask, one of my personal favorite Zelda games, right? I kind of battle between that and Twilight Princess and I guess Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, Breath of the Wild just seems so different. I mean, it's very Zelda, but I kind of see Zelda as like 2D Zelda, 3D Zelda, then fully open world, do what you want Zelda as like a whole third category Zelda. You know, I don't put it into the mix of the other two. I hope Nintendo kind of sees it that same way, too. So, like, we get Breath of the Wild, too, right? I I mean, I definitely want them to add dungeons and temples, whatever you want to call them. But I also still want a traditional 3D Zelda. I also want a 2D Zelda. You know, I want this Breath of the Wild thing to be a third category. And even if they don't call it Breath of the Wild with the next one, right? Which... Seeming like they may not even say Breath of the Wild 2 in that attack. They're apparently trying to not say what the title is because it gives it away. But that's kind of stupid. I mean, you're going to have to tell us at one point, whether you say it now or say it later, you're still going to have to tell us, you know, you can't wait to release day. And then, oh, now we know the spoiler when we get it. Okay, we're still going to know before we start playing. So tell us earlier, whatever. Going back to my main thought here, Nintendo Switch Online... It's looking really good, the expansion pass. Also, Mario Kart 8, those tracks, what is it, 48 tracks, I want to say, right? Yeah, 48 tracks. I mean, that's crazy impressive. Uh, So anyway, that gets added. The Animal Crossing DLC gets added, right? It's looking pretty good. Uh, I may get it now and play some little, you know, N64 thing. But what I really want, and I'd get it immediately and what i'm really craving i'm not like i like some nintendo 64 games cool and all game boy advance throw that on there you got me and uh, i would never remove the thing if i had a game boy advance games on there i want that so bad and i'm gonna be pretty like they're gonna do the whole original game boy not even do game bro just game boy advance okay Nintendo switch online looking pretty spiffy now next up Ghostwire Tokyo, some things on this. So, one, it's going to boast six graphical modes for PS5. I like this a lot, actually. So, originally, I've been getting really annoyed with PS5 games or Series X, whatever. Any game for, like, new system, you have to choose between, I want 60 FPS or do I want 30 FPS, but the resolution's better and ray tracing, whatever. Why am I picking? Like, if you can't do something, just stick to one mode, then whatever. But this is different. Six graphical modes. Okay, I actually like this, right? Or like what they did with Spider-Man, how they later added like a third mode of like, okay, well, you'll get a little ray tracing, but we'll still do 60. If they open the options a bit more than just like black and white, I think that was my problem. Six graphical modes, I'm about this. Now I can really pick what I'm really wanting and not wanting, then we're good. So I'm really happy about that. Also, Ghostwire Tokyo, the reviews dropped today. It's hitting, I think, 75 on Metacritic. Yeah, it's 75. Okay. So I've seen some things being like, oh, 75 is a bit of a bummer because a lot of games were getting like 90s, late 80s. So, you know, we may not want to play something that's in the 70s. I'm not as far as a lot of people on one end being like, we don't want numbers. They don't matter. 
actually like numbers and reviews. I still want to read the review. I still want to see all the pros and cons, but I see nothing wrong with attaching a number to it. I like that. I am in that mindset. I will continue to attach numbers to things because uh, I think it's a good way to like sum up with the score. I don't, I don't see an issue there, but I'm not going to see 70s and not want to play a game. I may want to like look into it more and try to figure out why exactly. Maybe it's not hitting like the 80s or 90s or 10 or blah, blah, blah. And then the same, let's say like it's like in the 30s or 40s. Then I can be like, oh, okay, I can kind of ditch that. I may look at it for curiosity's sake in terms of like, okay, well, why do they actually do that? But if it's across the board, most people who agree into that, you know, it's good. Like, it's a way for me to easily look at something, judge whatever. But seven range, I've played plenty of games that end up being some of my favorite games ever. Like Majora's Mask, speaking on that game. I could see a lot of people reviewing that in the seven range because it's you may really like some mechanics and some people may really hate them. And it all just depends on like who you are as a person and what you dig and what you don't. And that's where the sevens kind of lie. And that's why you have to look into it more. So I'm I actually I'm still really, really pumped on this game. I will be getting it. I will be playing it. I'm super excited. Really happy about the six graphical modes. Really good stuff here. Next up. Netflix's live-action Resident Evil series is going to start in July. Uh, I don't know if they gave the exact date, but I think I saw early July. Okay, July 14th. My birthday is July 11th, so somewhere around there. Now, I'm not excited about this like at all. Um, I haven't liked any of the Resident Evil movies. I really want them to stick to the story of the games. I really like the characters of the games. I don't want new characters. I don't want a new story. I want the story and lore of the Resident Evil games made into a movie. I know some people may like to like sort of flesh out the universe more and focus on things we haven't seen. Da, 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 da. I'm not like that. Show me Jill. Show me Chris, show me Leon, show me Wesker, all that stuff. I want all that. I don't want it to be like, oh, I watch 15 episodes and I get a little sneak peek on like an actual character I care about. A little here, a little there, right? That will annoy me even more. You know, if you're going to depart completely, don't even show me that stuff because it's just going to piss me off, annoy me, and make me hate it even more. I hate the little nods. I don't want nods. I want, I want you to focus on the characters or just not at all if you're going to do the stupid nod stuff. But I just had to bring that up because, uh, you know, it's still big. Resident Evil movies were big, but I don't like them. I think we already know that they're not going to focus on the characters. I think there's some like some of the characters are somehow related to Wesker or something like that. It's just ugh, it's annoying. Tiny Tina's Wonderland will feature crossplay across all platforms at launch. So this is big because Borderlands 3, they were like, oh, we're going to add a cross-play, right? And they worked tirelessly trying to do so. And I'd say they were tirelessly. Let me put quotes in that. What they've really been doing was like pushing PlayStation into letting them add it uh, because they did work for a little bit and got it working PC, Xbox, whatever. But apparently there was some stuff with PlayStation where that was still in sort of the realm of we want money if we're going to enable cross-play. Which apparently people have just caved in and actually did end up agreeing to just pay PlayStation 
and then just started doing that going forward and then adding the cross play because PlayStation wouldn't budge. But anyway, now we're in a realm though. Next game here will just be all platforms at launch cross play. Super cool. I don't care about this game at all, but I will say like whenever I see like gameplay and some video and stuff like that, it is interesting. It looks cool and all. If they were to add it to Game Pass, right? I'd play there. Give it a shot. I'm not going to spend $60 on it, though. You know, I'd rather spend my 60 on Ghostwire, Kirby. That's coming up here soon. Much more than this game. Next up, Microsoft reportedly is aware of the toxic workplace environment at Moon Studios and has decided not to work with the company again. It's pretty large. I mean, Moon Studios, that's who made Ori and the Blind Forest. Uh, it's sequel. They were big. That was like a huge Microsoft exclusive there. And they're great games. And it really sucks to hear that the company has been having a lot of problems of people reporting that it's just a bad workplace environment. I'm always like, is it true or not? Is it speculation? But at the same time where the smoke was fire, so it's hard to, you know. All I know of Microsoft's just straight cutting the tie, cutting the ties. You know, I'm sure there's some validity to it, right? That's it. You know, not too much crazy stuff happened news-wise. More just, wow, that Hogwarts blew me away. And of course, they do it the day after we put the episode up. You know what I mean? I would have loved to have that in last episode. But you're hearing it now. I approve. Looks incredible. Uh, Curious on Rudy's thoughts when he comes next week. And we can talk on it a bit more. Rudy is going to be excited when he hears this, though. I'm jump over to what I've been playing, what I've been watching. Final Fantasy VI. I've been playing it. The Pixel Remaster or whatever. So I went through a lot of waves with this. So at first, it's the thing of like ugh, PC and mobile only. They should really put it to the console. So that's kind of annoying. But for me personally, like I'm totally fine playing on my phone. I'm totally fine playing PC, remoting if I have to. I have ways to like shoot my PC to my TV and play more comfortably there, all of that. So it's not a big issue. But I have to pick like, okay, do I want PC, you want phone? Uh, downloaded it, right? Saw how it would look on PC. On a big screen, I don't think it looks that good, right? It's a little like, okay, it looks a little better than the Super Nintendo version, but not my much. On the phone, though, man, those pixels really shine and pop. And I don't know if it's just the quality of the screen itself, or you can just get much more appreciation because it's a lot smaller screen and it's just popping a lot more screen quality aside, you know. But I'm, I'm really blown away. It does look a lot better because I sat there, even on the phone, like I load up Super Nintendo game, saw it on that on my phone, and then Pixel Remaster. Night and day difference. And the coolest thing, and I've not really seen too much people say this, the music, you can, t I mean, these are instruments being played far beyond the Super Nintendo's capabilities or the GBA capabilities because I tried playing on GBA too. It's really making me enjoy it a lot more and I'm really enjoying the game. The music is really having me involved more into the experience than I ever thought it would. Of course, right? Soundtrack to Final Fantasy VI. Most Final Fantasy soundtracks are like top tier stuff, you know? But hearing them sort of redo all the tracks with current technology, current instruments, 
man, it's good stuff. Really good stuff. Just YouTube it if you have to. You'll see what I mean. You can tell immediately when you're playing the game, like shadows are really popping. The water looks really good. Like a candle lit on the side of a building or whatever. It's all really popping. And man, it's got me. I'm really enjoying the presentation of this Pixel Remaster. And I wasn't expecting that. When you see video of it on like YouTube, whatever, you're just like, eh, it mostly looks about the same. No, once you actually play it, it, it's a big difference. It really is. Anyway, but now that I'm like really into the presentational side of it and listening to it and all of that, it's really helping me play through the game. And I'm about two and a half hours in and I'm really enjoying the playing so far. Like, I mean, of, of course, it's a lot of people's like favorite game ever, <laughs> including our co-host Rudy here. You know, I have to admit, I mean, I'm blown away. That's really, really good. It holds up really well. I mean, I feel like I'm playing just like, here's a new game today. Somebody made, have fun. And it's uh, very top quality. I'm really, really into it. I also tried out Shredders because it dropped on Game Pass. It's like a snowboarding game. I didn't like it at all. I didn't like it since I booted it. You know, like you can tell a game's just kind of like cheap and basic, even by like it's like font use and just the way it looks like the menus and stuff. When I was like playing through the game, like all of it, the voice acting was terrible. The way it like cuts to you doing this, you doing that, loading screens, weird menu selections, blah, blah, blah. Like the pacing was just way off and weird. I kept trying. I'd be like, maybe it's just the beginning. Okay. I'd get over the hurdles of them just being indie and blah, blah, blah. And maybe just the gameplay is still fun. Let me do, you know, a solid two hours. I just couldn't do it anymore. Uninstalled it. Very meh. Uh, but a good indie. Phenomenal. Wow. Tunic. You know, it's like, if you're looking at reviews, it's like high eights. But I think people are really underselling this game. I mean, maybe they're just getting really tired of it because they've been showing it for years and years and years. Was a good like five years anytime any events or they're always showing this game off. There was like, what, two, if not three demos you could download and try out. Uh, they've been really, like, shoving it in our faces. But now actually sitting playing it, like, speaking of good music, Tunica has incredible music. Uh, same guy who did Meat Boy soundtrack. I'm telling you, man, th- this game, best way to put it, if you ever played, like, any From Software game, but let's just say Bloodborne, you know how, like, you will go through a level and you'll get to this area be like, wait, I recognize this spot. And you realize you kind of looped around back to one of the beginning spots in a really super clever way and just found a shortcut that if you would have known it existed, you could have done this whole time, but you just weren't aware of it. And uh, in Tunic, that just happens a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton. And you start to realize like, man, I really just need to start like checking every little tiny corner I can because I'm finding a crazy amount of secrets and the way the levels sort of intertwine with themselves. I mean, it's one big map, right? But you will keep coming back to areas you've been before, but in spots you weren't able to access right next to where you were previously at and finding a really awesome item and ways that, oh, I could have accessed it through this little bit this whole time. I didn't realize it till now because uh, you just learn new things about the game and I really don't want to spoil a lot. But basically, 
I, I think I can put it in a non-spoiler way, but one of its best things this game does is it has like this NES style manual thingy that you can sort of pull up. You can zoom in and out and uh, it's really cleverly done, but you will unlock these pages and it's just sort of instruction manual. What it looks at first, you know, of like, oh, push A to attack, push B to do this, uh, how to set items to the buttons and hints and da 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 da. It's just like a normal game manual, right? And then as you play, you start realizing that, oh, there's stuff inside of these pages. I didn't realize like it was telling me I could do this and this and this because it's in small text or it's sort of like there's this language to the game world that isn't in English and you don't really understand what it means. But the more you play it, the more you start understanding what this symbols mean, what that symbols mean. Then you start to understand what it's trying to tell you and all of that. The more you play it and the more you understand this game, the more you really appreciate it. And uh, I mean, I appreciate it right when I booted it. It's a beautiful game. Sounds amazing. Super fun. But it just gets better and better and better the more you get in. I'm really shocked by this. I mean, this is like a lot of people see this and like, oh, it's a cute little Zelda clone. It's far more than that. It's doing things Zelda's never done. It's doing things a lot of games haven't done. You know, this is this feels really fresh, actually. It is not just a Zelda clone. This is its own thing, doing a lot of things incredibly well. No one has really done before. I, I'm really, really into it. So huge praise into Tunic. It's on Game Pass. If you have it, get it. If you don't, go buy it anyway. Do whatever you got to do. Play this game. I'm really shocked. I'm really blown away by it. It's so good. And then last thing, I've been playing Elden Ring, of course. Still just trucking away at it. Still phenomenal. The more I play it, the more I like it. I mean, what all could I say that a million people haven't already said? Just for some reason, if you're just still just like, eh, it's not my type of game. Yes, it is. Play it. You'll understand. Die 50 million times. Doesn't matter. There's plenty of things for you to do outside of fighting a boss and dying. You know, it's a huge open world with tons of things to find and explore. You could play this game 30, 40 hours and not fight a single boss if you wanted to. <laughs> Phenomenal game. I mean, I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, like I said last episode, every time I play a little game session, it'll be like hour to three hour range. By the end of it, I just pull up my map and just see all the new things I've discovered. And I'm just like, man, I made way more progress than I thought I did. <laughs> you just feel really accomplished. Everything segments of play in this game and to I mean there's so many people like people i know like over 100 hours in i'm like 35 hours in which is good for you know like it's been two three weeks i think i think technically I have 35 like that's that's good pace of what i what i consider and i'm playing a bunch of other things too but man people had over 100 hours week one and uh really just shows like this game is great Moving on from Elden Ring, I don't want to spend three hours talking about it again like we do every time. We're going to do the game drop here. Bunch of new games coming out, starting from March 24th, ending to March 31st. MMR Blue, March 24th. The Ascent, that's the game that was on Xbox Game Pass last year. Uh, it's coming to PlayStation, March 24th. Ghostwire Tokyo, March 24th. 
March 25th, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, March 25th, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, March 25th. So just Friday, three of those are coming out. Crusader Kings 3, March 29th. Apparently this Crusader Kings 3 is a really, really good game, but you have to be like just really into the whole simulation thing. But I keep seeing a bunch of like T-Pain videos. He's crazy into it. Um, I saw this bit to where you can make your own religion. So he was wanting to like be married to a few people, but the religion it was wouldn't allow it. So he made a new religion and called it Bootyism. And that way he can just marry somebody, but still just also hook up with whoever on the side and they don't have an issue with it or something. Anyway, it can get really like niche into like what you can set at these rules and regulations and the way the game world sort of behaves and all of that. But yeah, it's pretty interesting. Still nothing I'd ever play, but it looks cool. WRC 10, March 29th. Aerial Knights Never Yield, March 30th. Death Stranding Director's Cut is coming to PC March 30th. Moss, Book 2, March 31st. PlayStation VR exclusive. It's really weird. They should have, like, just... I don't know. I don't know. They should have waited to PSVR 2 to drop? Are they trying to drop it on PlayStation VR because PlayStation VR 2 isn't compatible with the first? Because kind of sounds like that'd be the case if you're going to release this game now specifically for that because maybe you're just trying to get it out while people still have it but still separate enough from playstation vr2 because if it was compatible with it maybe you'd wait longer i don't know maybe it just doesn't mean anything and it's just like hey we finished it and release it whatever it's so just old and at this point like playstation vr it just doesn't begin to hold up to the other vr options quest 2 looks far superior and it's far easier to manage. Same price. It's just, that's the way to go. So, I, I don't know. Moss, book two. Moss is great. But who's going to want to play on a PlayStation VR? Starship Troopers. Terrain Command, March 31st. Weird West, March 31st. And that's all for the new Game Watch. And uh, I guess it's going to be a super short episode because... Not too much is happening. A lot of this stuff, I'm waiting on Rudy. I want to get his Steam Deck thoughts. I want to get his Hogwarts thoughts. But I still wanted to put something out. We can't not put something out for the fans, you know? I've been really consistent, releasing every week. So I had to do something. So sorry it's so short. But hey, it's something, you know? Man, Ghostwire Tokyo. I'm still just, I'm really, really hyped on this game. Um, I'm for sure going to have Kirby. On Friday, I don't know if I'm also buying Ghostwire Tokyo on Friday as well, but Kirby I'll have for sure. So at least I'll be talking on that next week, but I'm hoping I'll also be able to talk on Ghostwire Tokyo. We'll see next week. I'm more hyped for Ghostwire Tokyo. I'll say that this is one of my most hyped for the year. I'm just really into, you know, it just sounds super weeby, but this is like Tokyo and horror and it's just like I'm all about it. Ugh. I love the vibes and I really want to play it. But yeah, I'll uh, I'll see you guys.